The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with NFL Films legend Greg Cosell, executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show. One of my favorite times of the week. Every week, we'll get to Greg momentarily i must tell you we are presented by DraftKings. they are awesome i also need to tell you it's the last day it's the last day of the week for you to be a winner we love winners i love being able to give you guys the press pass you want or the signed picture or the signed card which is cool if you listen a lot and you've been listening for years or even if you're a new listener or to give you this final madden all you have to do is get a story at myfrontpagestory.com for a loved one, best gift ever. And then the YouTube shout-out, which is always really fun as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can just go and subscribe. You're not like signing up to pay any money. You just hit the thumbs up, and that way you get our content. If you're on YouTube and you get a chance to see our other shows or our highlight clips or whatever you're into. I'm into, personally... Talking with Greg Cosell about football. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. Already mentioned it. NFL yeah. Films guru, executive yeah. producer of the NFL Matchup Show. Make sure you follow him on social media at Greg Cosell. That way you can always see what Greg is up to. And also, a lot of times Greg will tweet out or retweet the airtimes for the NFL Matchup Show. All right. Uh, lots of interesting things to get to, Greg. I want to start with tonight's game, Cowboys-Saints. Very important one yes, for both teams. And it feels like there are interesting things about both teams. I'd like to start, though, with the blank canvas for you. What will you be watching when you break down the tape of this one, or even when you watch it live tonight? Well, a couple of things I think stand out. Uh we don't know exactly what the Saints offense will look like now with Taysom Hill. We know that there'll be added run game elements. Obviously, he's very good at that. The question is how much. Um, and will Sean Payton feel that that's the best way to play to move the football, sustain offense, minimize mistakes? Uh, we know that Hill started last year for quite a number of games. 
I don't think he threw the ball poorly, but I think it was fairly evident that the pass game a year ago when Hill played was very defined. They tried to give him very clean looks so the ball could come out. Um, the one thing I don't know is how many snaps at quarterback he's taken in practice this year. My guess is not a lot. So I would think we'd see a lot more designed quarterback run game elements against a Dallas defense that's fast. Uh, and by the way, that rushes the quarterback really well. I don't think this is a bold statement at all based on tape, Ross, but I think right now Micah Parsons is the best edge pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, it's um, it's pretty unbelievable what he's been able to do. You know, the crazy thing is, Greg, and I think I tweeted this at Ross Tucker NFL, you know, first of all, he opted out last year. I know. Yeah. Secondly, the two years behind that, he played linebacker. Predominantly. He hasn't played yep. edge rusher since high school. And then the other thing is, Greg, He's still not even a full-time edge rusher. I mean, he well, played, there's games where he's been off the ball almost the whole time. Yeah, the last there's number games of where weeks, he's been though. back and forth. That actually brings up a good question that Daniel Jeremiah and I were talking about. Greg, there's a couple of Micah Parsons questions, but one is I think it's really interesting to think about how they will use him or how best to use him. I actually spoke to him before the game on Thanksgiving, and I think he likes being off the ball in regular so that he can be a run-and-hit player against the run. Right. And not be – I think he feels like if he's a D-end on, like, first down, they can run a double team at him or they can run away from him. I think he – you know, he didn't say this exactly – but it sounded like he'd like to be off the ball in regular and on the ball in in nickel or sub when it's right. you know an obvious pass rushing situation. Yeah. Well, Curious your thoughts. Well, clearly he would like the freedom of being off the ball because you get freedom of movement. But he's predominantly playing defensive end right now, uh, and he's really tough to block as a in one on one situations now. It'll be interesting going forward because here's the reality, and I'm sure he's getting people in his ear. He's going to get paid a lot more. I know he's only a rookie, so he's still a few years away. But defensive end slash pass rusher is a far more premium position in a defense than stacked linebacker, as you well know, Ross. And ultimately, that that is a position that is deemed as more valuable to a team, more important in games. Um, this goes all the way back to Bill Walsh talking about one of the most important things in the NFL is pass rush in the fourth quarter. And there's truth to that. So it'll be interesting to see how many snaps he truly plays at stacked backer going forward. The big question with that will be when Demarcus Lawrence comes back and Randy Gregory, who's been out. How will they feel in their sub fronts? I do not believe you can take Micah Parsons off the edge as a pass rusher, no matter who else is back? He is, to me, and I see tape of most teams, as you know, Ross, I think right now he is the most dominant edge pass rusher in the NFL. You know, a um, couple more thoughts because I find this interesting. Um, you know, Greg, I just don't see anyone else that moves like him. 
And I'm not sure it's the bend. I, I, I see two things when I watch him. One, his closing speed is ridiculous, but it probably should be, right? I mean, he's essentially an off-the-ball linebacker right. coming off the edge. He ran a 4-440 or whatever he ran. But his acceleration and closing speed, when he gets the quarterback in his sights, he's on him like this. You know, I'm doing that game, the Raiders-Cowboys game, and twice, Greg, they ran a bootleg to his side. What a terrible idea. I mean, <laughs> as soon as he redirects, yeah, he was on Derek Carr. I think the quarterbacks are honestly surprised how quickly he's on him. I think they're used to on a bootleg when they see that much space between them and the edge guy. They have like a second and a half or whatever. You have like not even a second with him. I mean, his, yeah. his acceleration closes speed. And then the other thing is, his um I don't it's not really change of direction, but his yeah, it is change of direction. Like when, of he, direction. when he does an outside step and comes back in or inside step goes out, nobody else can really move like that. No, and, uh, and, and maybe and it's because he's only two forty five or whatever. He's not two sixty five, two seventy, but nobody else can really you know, he's making offensive tackles whiff sometimes, Greg. Yeah, his his balance is phenomenal because you mentioned the change of direction, but then it's his balance and his burst off of that. But you so you did that game, the the Raiders game, but the right tackle Parker couldn't block him one on one, and even the left tackle Miller had issues with him when Parsons lined up on that side. He he's just a dominant pass rusher right now, and I really would be very surprised if even when Lawrence and Gregory come back, the Cowboys take him away from being an edge pass rusher. Two more things on this. What's ironic is that he played linebacker at Penn State because when he got there, they had Sharif Miller, Etor Gross Matos, Shaka Tony, Jason Awe. I mean, they had four NFL draft pick defensive ends. They had zero, well, Cam Brown, I guess, but they, didn't, they had one NFL draft pick linebacker. That's why they put him at linebacker. You right. know, because they had a bunch of DNs that were pretty good already. He would he would have played DN at Penn State. He would have been a top five pick. The Cowboys never would have got him if he had played DN at Penn State. And then the uh, last thing I would say is when I watch him, it, Craig, and you will remember this guy. A lot of people might not. It's crazy how much he reminds me of my former teammate, LeVar Arrington. I mean, the number 11, the explosiveness. Now, I think he... I think his lateral movement is better than LeVar's was. I just, when I watch him, I wish LeVar had stayed healthy. What about Greg on the other side? Cowboys offensively. It felt like in that Raiders game, they were really missing Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, yeah, I mean, you're always missing better players, but I would start with this. I would say that it was another game, and there's been several in recent weeks, in which the Cowboys' O-line was not strong with run blocking. And if you look back over the last month or so, their run game has not been a factor, Ross, and it was a huge factor through the first part of the season. And obviously, I think Dak Prescott is a high-level player. 
it appears, it appears, we don't know about Amari Cooper tonight, but it appears they'll be back with their three starting wideouts when they go to 11 personnel. But I really believe that they need more production from their run game, perhaps more volume from their run game. I know talking about run games for some is is taboo, but I think that the Cowboys need to be able to run the ball. Again, you can get into debates about how often, volume, those kinds of things, and you can have reasonable debates about that. I'm not suggesting the run game is more important than explosive plays in the pass game, but I think the Cowboys have almost been unable to run the ball with any efficiency for a number of games now. And they did that really well through the early part of the season, particularly on first down. Let's move on to another game, Greg. Let's get to, uh, yeah, I always like asking you about the Eagles because I know you watch them very closely like I do. They're playing the Jets and I know Jets fans, um, you know, love when we talk about them and give, give, you know, see what you're saying, seeing there. Right. Eagles, Jets, Greg. Well, you have to look at the macro picture. There's no question that people are focused on the two drops by Jalen Rager at the end of the game, which obviously would have won the game for the Eagles. And then we'd have a different conversation about their potential place in, in the playoff picture moving forward. But the macro picture, the 30,000 feet worldview, is that this is an offense that is now built on Jalen Hurts as a runner. This is not a passing offense. It's built on Jalen Hurts as a runner. They're adding layers to the design quarterback run game. They're adding layers to what they do formationally in the backfield and how they get to multiple and different run game concepts. That's who they are right now because Jalen Hurts is not a natural passer. So they're trying to create opportunities for him where the pass game can work so much off the run game that throws are defined and clean for Jalen Hurts. Now, he's he's an NFL quarterback, Ross, so I don't want people to come back and say, well, you know, he's made good throws. Of course he can make good throws. And in fact, when I watched the tape of that game, I did not think he played as poorly throwing the ball as it may have appeared watching the game live. I thought he was actually better. But when all said and done, this is what their offense is right now. It's built on Jalen Hurts as a runner. What does that mean, not a natural passer? Um, Well, first of all, he does not have a fluid delivery. Um, He's not an easy thrower of the football. Uh, His deeper balls lose velocity on the back end. So he's not a very good deep ball thrower. His, His ball placement is erratic and inconsistent. So he's not, if you, if you look at someone like Justin Herbert, where just, he's such an easy, loose thrower that the ball just comes out. If you just put on tape and watch guys who are easy throwers of the football and then put on Jalen Hurts, you can see the difference immediately. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean he can't be a good NFL quarterback, but it, it would have to be a different kind of offense. So the question is, you have to balance those two things And the Eagles will obviously have a decision to make going forward as to whether they believe Jalen Hurts is their quarterback or not. And we won't we don't know the answer to that right now. Speaking of Justin Herbert, very surprised, a little disappointed by their performance against the Broncos last Sunday. Now they play the Bengals, you know, two of the quarterbacks taken last year in the draft in the top 10 Herbert Burrow. I know on the Even Money podcast, 
on Tuesday. Steve Fezzik is expecting a lot of points in this one. He likes the over. What what will you be looking at for Chargers and Bengals? I'm so interested in what the Bengals have become over the last number of weeks. Um, they've really run the ball effectively. Joe Mixon is a really good back. He's been overlooked for a number of years because the Bengals really haven't been very good. But the last couple of weeks, I guess three weeks now, but certainly the last two in which they've won big against the Raiders and this week, uh, this past week against the Steelers, they have really run the ball. Outside zone is their foundation. I think their offensive line, to me, really stood out against the Steelers. They consistently controlled the point of attack versus the Steelers' defensive front. They really didn't need Burrow and the pass game to be a big factor. Um I'm not suggesting they're going to be just a running team, but I think that right now their run game is is working very effectively with volume, with production. Uh, and I just go back to what I heard Bill Belichick say a year or so ago when speaking about Joe Mixon and said he was a top three back in the league. And I think people in the league feel that way. Um, he's He's a big physical runner that has some explosive traits to him as well. So, this, to me, is a fascinating team to watch because the more they run the ball, the more they'll set up uh, one-on-ones on the perimeter. And, and the thing about Burrow is he throws to the one-on-ones on the outside, even when it's a bailed or off-coverage corner. And this past week, the Higgins 32-yard touchdown was a great example of that. Um, the corner, Pierre, was playing off-coverage. It didn't matter to Burrow. He had Higgins, who's 6'4", he threw it up to him. He threw to the matchup. Higgins high-pointed the ball. Um, but this team has really become very interesting to watch offensively. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been very, very good. You see anything from Herbert, Greg? You know, I didn't study that tape yet this week, so um, I, I have to look at that because, obviously, that, that defense he played against with Vic Fangio always does some interesting things. Um you know, the one thing, and I've seen most of Herbert's games this year, is it's a very short, rhythmic, quick game, passing game. And, again, I'm not there every day, so I, it, it's become very easy to rip Joe Lombardi. He's become kind of a whipping boy on social media. You know, I don't go there with that. But, uh, you know, I need to see them this week. But there's no question that that pass game is very rhythmic, very timing-based, more short to intermediate than vertical. Most would probably say that, you know, give Herbert a chance to throw vertically because he does have that kind of arm. But that's easy to say from the outside. I'm curious about this Washington football team game against the Raiders. This is another one that is pretty important for both those teams that are finding themselves in the playoff mix. Yeah, Washington's kind of a fascinating team to watch offensively. They've started in recent weeks another team that started to really run the ball with some meaningful consistency. Um, You know, it depends on the flow of the game. Their defense has played a lot better. Washington's defense has moved away over the last month from being very man-based to being really zone-based. They are playing a lot of zone coverage, whereas early in the year they played a lot of man. Their base defense is now essentially, as many teams' base defenses are now, is what we call big nickel. They play with three safeties. They play Collins, they play Curl, and they play McCain. And Collins is essentially that hybrid linebacker safety, depending on the defensive call. So Washington has really changed defensively over the last month. And offensively, I think what they'd like to do, 
if the games allow, which it certainly did on Monday night against Seattle, is run the ball with Antonio Gibson. Now, he's not going to get 29 carries every week. As we know, no one does. But I think they'd like to be a run-first offense and then have um, uh, Heineke sort of be a part of that. Heineke's a very interesting guy to watch. He's an efficient player. Um, He's quick to see it. He's quick to get the ball out. He takes what's there. He's shown a second reaction dimension to his game. And I got to tell you, Ross, despite his size, there's kind of a physical a physical competitive element to his game. Now, he's got limitations as a passer, which is why he's, you know, in his fifth NFL season, and, and no one's going to say, hey, he's my guy. But he's an interesting guy to watch. I think the biggest game of the week, Greg, is Monday night. Oh, yeah. It's the uh, Buffalo Bills hosting the New England Patriots. Yeah, you're giving me a clean slate on that one, huh? Blank um, canvas. Blank, blank canvas. canvas. God, there's so many ways to go with this game. Um, I think the Bills are trying to get a run game that's more of a factor. They'll never be a run-first team, but I think they're trying to do that. As you and I have discussed, and I know you agree as a former O-lineman, it's just too hard to pass protect 45 times a game. It's it's just too hard. Um the Patriots are another team that really does not play base. They're a big nickel defense with Duggar and Phillips and McCourty. And Duggar and Phillips, to me, are critical to this defense with what they can do. Um, on the other side of the ball, I, I'm very curious to see what the Bills' approach is coverage-wise with Tredavious White out. Because the Bills play more man coverage than people might think. People just through the years think, oh, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, all they do is play zone. That's not true. Um, White's not ha, was not used as a matchup corner, though he played the boundary corner position, and Levi Wallace played the field corner. So the question is, how will they feel about the Patriots receivers? Because at their core, the Patriots are still a run-first team. That's the starting point for what they do. Here's a fascinating fact to me. I mean, I watch the Bills D every week. The Bills have not played a snap with three linebackers on the field since week six. They're a 100% nickel defense team. And Teron Johnson is one of the best slot corners in the league that no one probably knows about. Give me that stat again. They've not played a snap with three linebackers on the field since week six. Wow. They played nickel literally 100% of the snaps. You know, it's going to get to the point Greg, where that's the norm and playing three linebackers is considered, I mean, is playing three linebackers is considered the substitute defense. Yeah, or teams are going to go big big nickel and play three safeties because more safeties are becoming more athletic. So you're going to get 215-pound safeties who are very good athletes who essentially can line up in the box when needed. I mean, look at Adrian Phillips. You know, Adrian Phillips came out of Texas as a safety. And what was the knock on him? Because I did him when he came out of Texas. I evaluated him. What was the knock? Well, he's just not athletic enough. He can't play on the back end. He's not going to match up man-to-man on tight ends. Well, you know what? In Bill Belichick's defense, he rarely does either one of those things. But he's a really good player. You're a really good interview every week and a really good analyst at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Excellent work as always, Greg. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Thanks so much. You know what else I appreciate? Crocs. I showed him. can't remember what show it was. Or maybe it was here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I wear Crocs every day. I wear multiple Crocs every day. In fact, I got the wool-lined ones if I'm going outside. 
I wear the slides here in my detached garage where my studio is. They are amazing. Speaking of amazing, the Crocs Predator Showdown series is coming. And dare we say free to play on DraftKings.com? Draft the best lineup and a slice of 10 Gs could be yours across three different contests. Just enter on game day and see just how well your lineups stacks up against the competition. At the end of the day, you'll be paid out cold, hard cash based on your fantasy score. Next one coming up, Christmas, Saturday, December 25th. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Crocs takes. Well, I never thought I'd say this one, Ross. Seahawks signed running back Adrian Peterson to their practice squad. Right, and I'm sure they'll elevate him, and it's just a temporary thing, and you're allowed to do that because of the COVID rules. It's still just weird. I mean, it's weird there's a 35- or 36-year-old guy on the practice squad. It's weird, theoretically, if they don't activate him, he could go from the practice squad to the Hall of Fame. That's never happened before. I mean, the COVID rules have really just changed everything, and I'll be curious next year. I I think that these will just be the new norm which, by the way, is really good for NFL players because they've got more guys on practice squad. They elevate guys on game day. You've got more guys that can get spots because there's more practice squad eligibility. So uh, I guess that's one minor positive that came out of this whole pandemic, which I think, like everybody, I am so sick of, so tired of. I don't want to hear about more variants. Let's just uh, let's let's hope we can get rid of this thing or get to a, a new normal at least as soon as possible. Ducks takes. Not much other news, so let's just get to your uh, picks, your thoughts for tonight's Thursday night game: Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints. So this is an interesting one. Both teams getting a lot of guys back. You know the Cowboys are getting back. It looks like Amari Cooper. I thought he might miss this game with the COVID symptoms, but sounds like he's expected to play tonight. They'll get CeeDee Lamb back, which is significant. But the Saints, they might get a spark from Taysom Hill as the quarterback. They're getting, it sounds like, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram back. You know, Taysom Hill playing certainly creates an unknown and a level of uncertainty about this game. I think the Cowboys, though, ultimately are the better team. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in large part because they got CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper back. I thought what Greg said about their run game and the offensive line was interesting, though, and Zach Martin has kind of spoke to that as well. I'll go Cowboys, but I think it's a good game. I think it's like 24-20. Cowboys. I think it's an awesome, awesome game. Speaking of awesome, you know what's not awesome? When your battery dies, when you're at the Philadelphia airport, when you've been away for three days and you just want to get home to your family, not awesome at all. That is why you need to make sure your car battery is good to go and there's no better place to go than AutoZone. Why? America's number one battery destination. They've got proven tough Duralast batteries. They've got an extensive line of replacement batteries ready to fit your specific needs. 
based on your make and model, and their replacement batteries start at just $79.99. So you can upgrade your battery without breaking your wallet. They've even got free battery testing and charging. So it's nice to test it and then get the charge. Look, the proof's in the pudding. Next time you're in need of battery help or to get your battery ready for the harsh winter weather, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Let's do an email, Bright. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, of course, ross at rosstucker.com. Love your email questions. You guys come up with stuff that I never could. And usually it means you took advantage of one of our sponsors over at rosstucker.com, which is huge for us. What do you got, Bright? Uh, today's question from Toby in San Antonio. Hey, Ross, you love the shows. I was flipping the channel the other night when I came upon Rockies, one of my favorite movies. Uh, it was the scene where Adrian wanted to fool around with Rocky, but he rebuffed her advances by saying that he was in training. So that got me thinking. I wonder if NFL players ever do this. So there are guidelines or suggestions to abstain from amorous activity. If a game is on Sunday, when is the last day to, quote, exercise before resting up for the game? My guess would be Thursday. Your thoughts? You know, never really heard that. <laughs> I know. Uh, I love amorous activity, by the way. Toby in San Antonio. Amorous activity. I like that. Um, you know, I never I never had anybody say that. In high school, college, or the NFL, they never said that. I do remember my uncle, who played at Delaware in the late 70s, early 80s, and uh, was um, a very good player. He said one time, he asked me about it, and he said that when he played, the coaches would tell him to not do that, not not uh, not have amorous activity the night before a game or whatever. But my uncle said he never followed that. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, Toby. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I would have been like an all-pro. Maybe I would have been like a Pro Bowl player. Maybe that was the key. Um, but no, I, uh, I never heard that. I don't believe there's any science behind that. Maybe there is, I don't know, but no, I, I, uh, no is the answer. Pixwise is the number one free app for football picks, odds, and analysis. Find expert picks for every game all season long, loaded with best bets, props, and parlays. You can find in-depth game predictions, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction all for free. Found your pick, search our latest DraftKings promotions to sign up for an account and place your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. PixWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Shoutouts are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com. All awesome companies, all listener-owned companies, all I think we're done here, members of patreon.com slash RT media. And that's why I say I like the email questions. I really never know what we're going to get. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker football podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy piece, even money business of sports and college draft all available at apple podcasts, Ross or wherever podcasts can be found.
A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 